0: Rick Madison, and I am here with uh, the fabulous Red Seal chef, Travis Pye from uh, Lakehouse. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Rick. Happy to be here. So uh, just just for the people at home, uh, what's a Red Seal chef? Like, what is that distinction? Because people hear it, they might not know the the definition of a, what a Red Seal is.
1: Yeah, ultimately, it's a, a journeyman ticket, as you would in any trade, welder, carpenter, but uh, certified as a as a cook.
0: Okay, now i've uh, I've tasted some of the fare. It's really quite good. You know what you're doing. Um, just just because I, I, I think a lot of people are getting into the space. They're they're starting to learn more about uh, the kitchen. Is there what what basic tools of the trade would you suggest off the hop? So you're just getting into the space, and again, you don't know anything, but you don't know where to start. What What are some some things? You, those are the basic essentials.
1: Well, I think that you uh, hit the nail on the head. I mean, people are spending more time at home. They're nesting. They're they're finding or refinding their love for cooking. Um, I mean, the first and foremost most important tool I think that you use more often than anything uh, is your knife, a good chef knife. I think anyone would agree that a good quality chef knife goes a long way. A nice sharp knife is is actually safer than a dull, dull knife, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Um, and it's just going to make the whole process just more enjoyable, I think,
0: and it acts as home security too. You got it. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of different functions yeah. for that knife. Yeah, eh? just watch your fingertips, I guess. You know. Um, now, uh, what are some some people that don't know uh, Travis? So you've worked in some pretty nice places.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started my career kind of moving through the the corporate ladder of, of first Red Robin, where I where I spent a good amount of time. Um, flipping burgers all the way up to their uh, corporate chef where i opened locations across the okanagan uh then moved over to the joey restaurant group a more elevated casual fine dining concept uh where same kind of idea I, I i went around and opened locations um before settling in ottawa where we introduced uh the brand to a new market there and it was it was awesome became good friends with henry burris and and the red blacks as our, our uh state or our, our restaurant was right right in the stadium there and uh from there, where, that's where I did my culinary schooling. I uh, got out of the corporate world and got into the the hotel industry. Came back to to hometown Kelowna where I was the executive chef for prestige hotels. I was then the chef for the cold lakeside resorts. Uh, before I went to a remote, um, Resort up in uh, northern Saskatchewan called Elkridge Resort uh, in Waskasoo Lake.
0: And the only reason I know where that is is because <laughs> uh, of Jennifer, who's from uh, Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah, really
1: gorgeous part of the world right on the edge of the boreal forest, kind of tucked in there, um, three championship golf courses, a fine dining restaurant, lots of catering. It was a pretty cool experience.
0: Cool. Now, uh, I don't want to spoil it all, but let's uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll chat about why the chef's career might be seen as short-lived for some people due to the pace. Um, so there was an interesting point. We, we've known each other for a while. There's one aspect of of the chef life that a lot of people don't don't see. They they just see the romantic side, mm-hmm. which is you're creating these dishes. People are coming in and oh, thank the chef for this wonderful fare. But they don't see the other side of it, mm-hmm. which is it is a really really tough career. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, you are making money when everyone else is off spending money, right? So Mm -hmm. evenings and weekends and holidays uh, is when you're needed. Um, So that takes a toll on you for sure. The other side of things is you're in a a hot kitchen surrounded by fire and hot items and sharp items. So um, it takes a a certain person uh, for sure to be able to to thrive in that environment. But as you said... um, it's tough. It's not a sustainable lifestyle, um, and uh, there's other things that come with it. That uh, you need to be a strong individual um, mm-hmm. to kind of avoid uh, to avoid falling into a, a, a risky lifestyle. I'd say
0: <laughs> <laughs> your diplomacy is is unfounded it's great uh no no th- there is a, an aspect of it and I think uh mr Bourdain might have um mentioned a few of that mm-hmm. of those those vices that mm-hmm. come up for the totally. chef's world now that kind of led you towards this path of of uh the retail sector mm-hmm. which is you know it was a highly unusual to have a red seal mm-hmm. chef help you with tools for the trade in a retail environment mm-hmm. so just kind of so how did that come into being?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really looking at the time to get out of or, or out from behind the stove, per se. Um, I didn't know I wanted to come back to Kelowna, and this opportunity kind of fell in my lap. Uh, and it just kind of made sense. It kind of got me out from behind the stove, more into a sustainable place of life where uh, I could still talk about my craft and share my craft and and, and everything I've learned Um with people buying these tools that then they can go use at home. Um, But I have my evenings and my weekends and, and a little bit of my, my life back, you know,
0: I think sustainable would be the key Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And Travis, you've, you've got uh, some exciting things happening at the store. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I think it's, it's been like an evolution there. There's been stages to, to Lake House where you, you start, you know, obviously the retail side gets going. You get different SKUs going, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and you really dial that in. And then the second iteration is culinary experiences. So just just mm-hmm. kind of take us on the the journey of of what's coming up. What what is this next uh, iteration?
1: Yeah, I mean, first where where it started. I, again, I'm coming into an industry I, I don't know a lot about. I'm a very analytical thinker, so I am interested in the ordering aspect of it and and kind of the psychology of of how someone shops and and the whole science behind retail I I found fascinating. Um, But what I added to it was um, just the confidence in me knowing the product, using it every single day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the salesmanship or my sales tactics aren't pushy. It's just about me having confidence and knowing the product and being able to share that with someone who's buying a new knife. Um, as an example, how to sharpen it, how to properly hold it, uh, what's a good knife for what they want to get out of it. Um, so it's kind of started there. I then started hiring foodies and, and chefs and bartenders and restaurateurs. Um, And again, as a way to kind of get them into a more sustainable lifestyle, I don't want to take them away from their passion, but again, this is an opportunity for, for, for people in the restaurant industry to still be connected to their craft, but have a little bit more of that sustainable lifestyle. So now uh, we've got a beautiful kitchen store and we've got chefs and foodies on the floor kind of sharing their experiences, um, which is our, our, our kind of sales tactic. Um, but our next step, we are expanding our retail space. So we're adding a whole nother floor of, of uh, gourmet kitchenware. Uh, and then uh, we're building two state-of-the-art cooking class facilities. One's gonna be a full hands-on participation style class with 16 stations facing the instructor in the front. And the other one, a little bit more laid back, more of a demonstration style where there's going to be a beautiful home kitchen uh, with 16 seats facing in on the chef. And, and there you're going to watch and, and drink wine and and uh, and just enjoy the show.
0: I think I prefer the second one, mm-hmm. which is where you just get to, you know, I, I'm interested,
1: <laughs> yeah. but I don't
0: really need to interact. Yeah. Like, I mean, you clearly are good at what you do, so I don't need to cook, do I?
1: You don't no, not at all, and okay. uh, that makes total sense. I've I've seen you in the kitchen a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you
0: ever need a salad spinner, I'm your guy. And Travis, so you've got this uh, this culinary experience. So one is more interactive. One is is uh, well, Rick style, which is just you want to eat. Um, and and why did why was this something you wanted to do? Because obviously, this is not a small endeavor, but. Is there is this why what people are wanting to do is experience more in the kitchen and like why did you even decide to do this?
1: Yeah, I mean this is a longtime vision of, of of Ben and Sue Boschman, the proprietors of of Lake House. I know this is something that he's wanted wanted to to add to the whole retail experience from a long time, and 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 me joining the team just kind of was able to kind of take it to that next level. Um, but uh, it's really about just breaking down the simple techniques of cooking and teaching people that anyone can do it. Um, I mean, as well as we're using it as a, a marketing piece to then sell the items that you're using in the store. Um, but everything that we sell and everything that you are going to use are, are high quality. Um, and uh, and it, yeah, it's not junk at the end of the day. So there's a,
0: there's a few things I do in the kitchen, mm-hmm. of course. And I realized there's actually a difference between uh something you get and, and no harm, but something you get from the dollar store and something you might get from a lake house. Mm-hmm. And uh things don't snap apart from the lake house, it turns out.
1: <laughs> we would hope not, <laughs> no. We've we've put a lot of work into finding these great products. Um for a couple of different reasons. One, it's kind of a buy once mentality. Um, you want to buy something. Yes, it may cost a little bit more, but something that's going to last, right? That's more or less, I should say, garbage in the landfill, um, as well as it's just nice and enjoyable to use something that works well, something that you're going to have around for a long time. It may be a piece of cookware that you're passing down from generation to generation. Again, it's just making your time in the kitchen more enjoyable, um, and really, I don't think you can put a price on that.
0: What is something that you've sold that that people are shocked at how how much they didn't even realize they needed it?
1: Um, I mean, we've got gadgets for, for yeah, gadgets. For Let's
0: talk about gadgets.
1: As F- far as the eye can see, we got gadgets. And as a, as a chef, um, when I first got there, I saw something as simple as a garlic press, and I knew that my my chef would, would roll over in his grave if he ever saw me using a garlic press. So I really had to embrace it from a consumer level of, of the use and functionality of, of something that uh, may sound easy to use for a chef or something not necessary, but that's very helpful for a, for an everyday home chef. Because um, you're, you're French trained. Yeah. Yeah. I trained uh, at the Cordon Bleu Culinary Institute in Ottawa. Um which is yeah, which I would say is my style of cooking. I always kind of go back to those rich flavors and and uh, layered with butter and cream and fresh herbs and and uh, I'm a true believer of that. French cooking is kind of the 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 basics or or the base of of all cooking. It's kind of where it, where it stemmed from.
0: Well, the French do know how to eat. <laughs> they sure do. So, uh, part of the board of directors for the Downtown Kelowna Association now. What's that like? <laughs> like, is that, is it, yeah, is it a lot of work, uh, being on the board, or are you good, happy um, about it? Yeah, what's, no, what's going on?
1: It's good, it's great. I love it. Uh, it's a, a really good board, a good, um, diverse group of people, all invested in the downtown area from lawyers to developers to, um, restaurant owners, retail owners, hotel. I mean, it's a wide range. Um, and it's awesome. It's, it's not a ton of work, but it's nice to be able to contribute to the overall success and growth of the area, um, weigh in on, on my opinions from a from a culinary and a retail point of view of, of what I think or what we think the downtown area needs. Um, The, uh, Mark Burley, the executive director has done a wonderful job at, uh, of creating this program and bringing these people together and, and, and making downtown itself a, a safer place and a more attractive place for business. Um, I mean, the growth downtown is crazy. Uh, the amount of buildings and, and just population, um, growth, uh, that's happened and that will continue to happen. So I love to be a part of it, um, and weigh in where I can and, uh. And it's great. I live downtown. I work downtown. I, I eat and drink downtown. So um, it just made sense for me to be a, be a part of that uh, association.
0: And we might want to add the words award-winning downtown.
1: Totally. Yeah, no, uh, Mark just represented uh, the downtown association in the uh, business uh, improvement association uh, award ceremony uh, where um, we won first place in two awards and then second place for the Merit Award and a third. Um, one was for the downtown on-call team. So those guys in red you see downtown that mm-hmm. de-escalate situations and, and and help just keep the place clean and safe. Uh, the Meet Me on Ber- Bernard campaign, um, which essentially we closed down the three blocks on Bernard to traffic and open it up to pedestrians and the restaurants spill out onto uh, the road and their patios grow and just makes a vibrant lively place to, for people to come down. Um, and I believe the third was the, uh, the clone clean team, the guys in the blue shirts that take care of graffiti and, and pick up needles and, and all that other kind of stuff that gets mm-hmm. left behind. So um, yeah, no, the team does a, a wicked job and yeah, uh, yeah, well deserved for sure.
0: Well, I heard really good things about the marketing campaign for Meet Me on Bernard. So, you know, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you who did.
0: who's behind that, but yeah, we're, we're good job. A, oh, an award for sure. <laughs> Travis, this is already fun. Um, I want to talk a little bit about. So downtown gets um, well. Uh, you know, we're going into summer. We have a lot of uh, obviously the homeless that are. Uh, continue to be um, present, and I think more so now that uh, some of the shelters are shutting down. Has that been? Has it been hard? Has that been something to to wrestle with for the downtown? Because you, you know you're on the board as well as working within downtown. Downtown's part of your life. Um, it it must be something that you know is, you're constantly aware of.
1: Totally, and it's and it's hard to not. I mean, I walk the streets every day on my way to work um after work um and it's hard not to see it and to turn a blind eye and it is a real issue but i think the downtown association has really taken it head on um but it's not just one association that's going to fix the problem right it's interior health and busy housing and the rcmp and bylaw and everyone really needs to come together um and i'm not sure there's an exact solution but um if we can continue to move it forward piece by piece then then that's that's all we can do really
0: and there was a news story about how uh, the mayors, the the mayors of, of BC, are are really lobbying for uh, more help with prolific offenders because mm-hmm. I think there was something like fifteen offenders represented a, over a thousand um, incidents of of interface with with police, and it seems odd, but I, I actually believe that that is part of the solution is is helping. You know provide support treatment whatever mm-hmm. but finding a way to deal with those prolific offenders because mm-hmm. we do have a unfortunately a catch and release cycle here
1: totally and there's there's two different kind of people on the streets there's people that that have mental health issues that really need the help and then there's criminals that are kind of feeding them and 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 putting drugs onto the street so there has been some initiative there's the small court's claim um, that the city of Kelowna has put into place, which helps um, kind of expedite this process. But uh, there, are, there are other yeah issues as well: resources with the RCMP and and uh, and and prosecution rates. So um, again, I think there's multiple different avenues that are feeding into this, um, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. No a complex issue, and uh, we'll just have to keep talking about it. One of the guys that uh, helps run the floor at, at Lake House, so if you ever need, you know, something from for your kitchen or a nice gift, he's the guy. Um, and and also on the board of directors and town. Anyway, he does a whole bunch of stuff. So again, I love doing this. This is called Base Camp, and uh, it's from Dragon's Den. This woman, uh, local BC resident, came up with these cards, and, and on them is different questions, Spurs discussion, as they say so we get to just pick from the card deck and just read read off it's part of the fun Travis yeah okay Uh, no we can't do that one (laughs) (laughs) Um, what is something you will never never as capitalized do again take as much time as you need yeah No. never uh, ever ever do again
1: never ever do again that's a, that's a pretty, it's heavy, right? What, question.
0: what dish would you never do again? How about that?
1: Um, for me, uh, maybe I'll turn this around to what I do like to do. <laughs> um, for me, when it comes to a dish, it's about just utilizing the ingredients that are around you, the, the regionality, the seasonality of what's available, use what the land you're living on has to offer. Um, that's what I do like to cook. Um, and I would say that I, I don't know that, Yeah. I don't know how to turn that around to, to the never side.
0: Well, I can tell you what I would never do again. <laughs> it's uh, golf with someone where I don't know all four of the people golfing mm-hmm. because it turns out four hours is a long time with somebody that is, uh, is actually a doofus. And, and, and I mean that in the nicest, kindest way, but I had the occasion of, of golfing. There was three of us. One dropped out and there's a fellow waiting and he says, oh, do you mind if I join? And we said, sure, because we're nice people. And then it turned out by the second hole, we knew why he was a single trying to get on the golf course with other other people. He's correcting swings, even though he's shooting quadruple triple bogeys uh he's he talks during your swing like yeah. basically all the things you're not supposed to do and that's that's why we found out that's why he's not golfing with anyone good so good advice so that's never Take okay what's the weirdest food you've ever eaten
1: the weirdest food. um i really like if you ever go to vancouver they got a lot of good dim sum spots chicken feet boiled chicken feet come on yeah, there's a little bit of meat, a little bit of cartilage. You literally like suck it off the toes. <laughs> it may sound weird, but it's it's tasty. Really? Yeah, ginger and soy and sesame. Um, yeah,
0: no. a delicacy um, one might say. I eat
1: them. Yeah, all day long.
0: Really, chickens' feet. Chickens' feet. Mine would have to be the prairie oyster. I think. Mm. Yeah, and and for those that don't know, the uninitiated. You don't really want to know what, what a prairie oyster is. Uh so google it. But uh <laughs> I didn't know until after which is probably best cuz I I just got to enjoy it for here's a mystery meat mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. get after it and I was like of course why wouldn't I. And then I found out later and and I think it's it's much better. It's much better not knowing. That uh,
1: totally I would say so. Yeah. Did you ever have prairie oysters? I have never eaten one. No.
0: Yeah. And Can I we say think, what it is? And I
1: don't think I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my understanding, it's a bull's testicle, is it not? It,
0: it certainly is. Yes. Okay. And apparently there's lots of them. I would say so. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, it was one of those things where, you know, uh, spices and, and knowing someone who pre- knows what they're doing with preparation, mm-hmm. it, it was actually palatable mm-hmm. like i mean i i wouldn't i don't know if i would have it again just because uh i've had it and i've crossed that off my list but um but i would try chicken's feet okay yeah yeah i think you should it, now are they abundant
1: i don't know i would say so i mean uh feels like there's a joke in chicken there. wings there's <laughs> there's feet somewhere along there with them <laughs> feels like there should be
0: a joke around that you know why did the chicken you know lose its yeah anyway. Um thank you. So weirdest food, chicken feet and uh bull's testicles for me. And uh and for you, for the listening public, man, right? You try try either one of them. I mean you, you do a few things, no question. Yeah, I get around. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um I, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit, but give give me now I know we don't want to upset anybody but is there some favorite uh, eating spots for you in Kelowna that, and, and again, you're not going to list them all because mm-hmm. we're short on time. Mm-hmm. So the ones that you don't name, no big deal, mm-hmm. It's just because we haven't got around to that. But mm-hmm. but is, is there a, a, a few places that you would say, you know what, these are some places people got to stand up and take notice?
1: Yeah, um, there's a ton of local, great local chefs in the community for sure. Um, recently I've been finding myself going back to, uh, crafty kitchen and orchard room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, C- chef Chris, uh, Shafton does a wonderful job. Super fresh again, using a lot of local ingredients. You can never go wrong with a dinner at Waterfront Wines. Uh, chef Mark Filato there just does a phenomenal job. Uh, the skirt steak on his menu is by far the best dish
0: yeah let's talk about the the yeah. the, the items on the menu that mm-hmm. that you would recommend so we got one there yeah
1: sorry the flat iron steak and and uh, I mean it's a cheap cut but how he does it and how he prepares it it's so tender slices it nice and thin for you uh, yeah it's phenomenal um, B&A group um, their chef in in their two locations both BNA and skinny Duke. Has a really cool flair, a little bit of Asian flair mixed with kind of modern Western cuisine. Um, really big flavors. Uh, never had a bad meal there. One of my favorites of B and A would be the uh, the chicken parm over gnocchi. Mm. Uh, super nice roasted beets in there. Um, yeah. You, you love food, don't you? I do love food. <laughs> Every kind of food. <laughs>
0: I could just, because I'm actually thinking, I wonder if we have time for a little bite here. But, um, but you know, isn't that cool, though? Like hmm. you get to,
1: because really it, it is one of life's great joys. Totally. Is food. And everyone can relate to it. Everybody's got to eat. Everyone comes together and can share stories around food. Uh, just the, the experience that you share with somebody having a meal, bringing families together, there's nothing better I that I can think of.
0: And, and isn't it funny, like, uh, you know, my, my daughter's in, in horses and my son's got a couple jobs and, and it seems like we're always running, but y- we sometimes have to force each other to, to plan a meal, mm-hmm. sit down, and it's the end of the day. And, and across the dinner table, so many good things happen mm-hmm. because food is a bit of a distraction. And, and you kind of, you know, I, I, I get to reach, reach into my kids a little bit and just go, what's going on? And, you know, How, how's this friend doing? And, and, and they're, it's weird. Their they're defense is kind of down around mm-hmm. the, the dinner table. And and it's it's kind of a, an interesting moment. So, I have to give you uh, yeah, props for that because it, it's true. F- food does kind of bring people together. Hundred percent, it does. Yeah. Now the the downtown Kelowna a, has started this initiative, which is is shutting down Bernard. And out of that, there was originally some naysayers to that mm-hmm. to that possible scenario. What now that we've had some time to reflect how are we feeling today? Like, how are we feeling going into this year's version 2022?
1: Yeah. I mean, at first I would say I'm, I was a little bit skeptical and, and uh, I think a little, a few people kind of shared that we really didn't want what was happening downtown to take away from the retail, um, and in, in any good downtown core or business improvement, uh, area, um, The retail is what really brings people down to the area right you can put whatever activities you want together but those come and go where the retail businesses and those businesses people have invested in are, are there for good so a little hesitant at the beginning um but as it rolled out um i think that uh my opinion maybe changed a little bit and it really is a great program that brings people to the area from all over and maybe people that wouldn't have come downtown before it's maybe changing their perspective on uh, what the downtown has to offer. Um, so yeah, as, as of, as of now where I stand, I think it's a, a good program. Um, and the efforts that go towards it, uh, really benefit everyone in the downtown area. And uh, I'm looking forward to another year uh, of meet me on Bernard so
0: from from just in and, and again uh, full disclosure I, I've been part of the the marketing for downtown on, on Bernard for uh, a couple of years now amazing stuff anyway um, but the other part of it that's kind of interesting to me though is is uh, I think it's three and four the uh, three and mm-hmm. four hundred block. Mm-hmm. So you have less restaurants, you have less pubs per se, you have less, you know, and, and I, I do find in in the afternoons, evenings, those are places where people congregate. And we tried to animate those last year. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what is the the feeling this year about doing that again? Because it seemed like a lot of heavy lifting mm-hmm. to get people to go down there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard uh, to evaluate it from the last couple of years everything that went on with with covid and and the air quality with the fire and the smoke and and everything that came with that uh, it's hard to kind of gauge the potential that the program or closing down those specific blocks 400 and 500 Mm -hmm. a little further down um, the impact that it had Um, but uh, but yeah I, I, I don't know it definitely makes sense for the first couple hundred blocks I would consider to to, to dive into um, the return on investment and the time that goes into setting that up. Um, but uh, the program in a whole in itself, we are figuring it out as we go and we're learning from it year over year. So I'm confident that it'll continue to get better.
0: <laughs> you ever thought of a future in politics?
1: <laughs> no, thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we've talked a bit about Travis's uh, exploits, you know, chef and and a pretty good guy to know in the retail sector and uh, board of directors. But I know Travis is a camper. You love camping, don't I, you? I just love being outside, totally. So um, give us some, and I, I don't want you to give away all the, the secret spots that you, you like <laughs> to go, but is there any campsites that that you've enjoyed in this beautiful part of BC that we have that uh, you know maybe people haven't, haven't thought of in a while?
1: Um, yeah, totally. Um, we've gone a couple times last year. Um, right. Kentucky Aline, I believe it's called by Bluey Lake. Ooh, um, where's that? I would say it's halfway between here and Merritt. Mm-hmm. Some really gorgeous blue colored lakes. It's nice and quiet. There's great camping out there for sure. Um, and what do you do when you're camping? Because for
0: people, go well, I don't want life's hard enough without adding camping, but. Like, what do you find yourself doing? Like, just uh, other than, you know, cracking some beers yeah. and all that stuff.
1: Well, but. it's your opportunity to relax and connect with nature and unplug and just get a breath of fresh air, get on the lake, like you said, crack open some beers um, and cook over an open fire. I never, ever go camping without my three cast iron pans, um, breakfast skillets, and steaks and whatever you name it um again it's just for me it's just about relaxing enjoying the beautiful country and area that we live in um eating drinking and spending time with uh, friends and family
0: wow you're uh you sound like a tourism ad there for camping <laughs> um and and what do you uh do you trailer tenting what do, what do you do
1: um i mean i've done my fair share of tenting for sure uh I prefer to get away from that. I prefer to get up off the ground these days as I uh, as I get older, you know. But um, yeah, i will still tense. But uh, if there's a trailer available, I would prefer the trailer.
0: <laughs> so you don't like sleeping on the ground anymore? If I that... don't
1: have to, I prefer not to. Okay. And um, yeah, this just the whole scenario with air mattresses and and just waking up sweaty you know you've been in the tent
0: <laughs> oh i i know the tent my friend i know I'm the lucky t-
1: my my uh my partner has an, a new ford bronco so we're looking at a tent attachments uh on that um, to get us up again off the ground a little bit uh so, so stay tuned i'll let you know
0: okay got it travis uh, you know you work downtown you live downtown let's let's talk a bit about uh rental rates in uh, Kelowna, um, yeah, hoof. Uh, there is something to be said for the real estate is obviously pushed up. We we live in a very desirable place, but uh, you've recently wrestled with this whole rental market, um, and and thoughts about it is it now you you've you've brought your family back in, which is <laughs> I mean kudos to you, my friend. Um, but that seems to be. I would say more and more people are are going that route because it seems like a, a
1: it's a reality. You have to bring in in help. Totally, yeah. The market's getting so inflated where it's kind of pushing people out that don't uh, meet or, or or within that um, employment kind of bracket, you know, or, or make the the wage that they need to or would want to to be able to live in a house. As such, especially in the downtown area, I rent a a big, beautiful house, five bedroom, four bathroom, but I definitely couldn't do it without um, my sister and my brother both moved in and it's been great. um, A, just to get back and reconnect with them, um, how the house is laid out, everyone has their own space and and we probably wouldn't be able to do it um, on our own. So for us, it's a kind of a win-win situation, but I feel for so many people out there that maybe don't have that option or are then forced to maybe live with someone they don't know. Um, it's it's yeah, it's tough out there. I'm I'm interested to see what happens moving forward, and and uh, and yeah.
0: It, it, it's troubling for me because uh, I do know through the food bank that uh, the numbers are increasing, and I think it's because people are getting, you know, they're they're getting pushed out because uh, if you see a hot real estate market, especially, and you can cash out. And you have a rental property and you've probably kept your prices low for a while Mm -hmm. now is the time to do that and i think it's 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 creating a a bit of a stress are you noticing that with employees too because they obviously have to live and work here
1: yeah i think so i think everyone's kind of feeling the the same way and and they're forced to uh, maybe live somewhere or an area of town or in a a place that maybe they wouldn't want to or, or wouldn't be their first choice, but they're making do with it. Um, yeah, no. To answer your question, yeah, I think everybody's feeling it um, across the board. How much you paying for our our house downtown? Is forty three hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're lucky. We have a, a again a condo that we own out by the airport, which we. We rent out. Uh, again, the reason for us moving downtown, we wanted to to get down in the action and be able to walk to restaurants and to the lake. and And obviously, with uh, with Lake House being downtown, it made sense. Um, so we have a little bit of, of income to help support with that. But uh, yeah, no, it's nasty out there. So Travis,
0: you know, as you know, I like to have some fun. and And when I found out that you decided to put something up in the rental house in a common area that was not uh, approved by said partner. I'm just curious because I love finding these things. How did that go?
1: Uh, Well, not great at the beginning. I really had to justify and argue my points. Now, there is a history and there is is art behind and and a craftsmanship behind this piece of art that I put on. T- tell people about the art. It's a beautiful hand-carved skull of a bull. And um, it's from Bali. And there's about 5,000 artisan bull head carvers that mm-hmm. do this for a living. They're just gorgeous. Each piece is unique. Um, and my partner's not a huge fan. Um, so I put it up. She took it down. I put it back up. Um I I finally, I moved it um, into uh, more of a non-common area. Um, But then I made a deal with her. We were able to put it back up. And the deal was she can go to Lakehouse Home Store, the furniture store, and pick out anything she wants and put it on the wall.
0: Oh, okay, okay. um, Because I was just wondering, you know, because you seem to be a very calm guy, very methodical, so I knew you'd have an idea of how to resolve said conflict, mm -hmm. which is... Buying it off, really.
1: Exactly. And uh, the, our furniture store, I, everything in there is is great and gorgeous, and I'm happy to put anything up on the wall. So it's a win-win. <laughs> there
0: you go. Relationship advice with Travis Pye. And Travis, uh, Red Seal chef, man about town, knows a thing or two about uh, uh, food and beverage industry. Wine. We haven't even spoken about the wine, man. Mm. Like, like, tell me some some pairings that people mm-hmm. should be aware of um, because obviously we live in this bounty uh, that is the Okanagan. Is is there any kind of pairing that people could try tonight that maybe they haven't thought of or tomorrow or the weekend, whatever. Mm-hmm. What, what, what was a, a surprise for you um, that maybe people didn't know? Like, I don't know. Give me, give me some examples.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I like to drink wine depending on the weather, um, on a hot day, a nice sunny day as, as today would be, I probably wouldn't grab a nice big bowl fruit bomb as I usually would on a, on a colder, more damp day. Um, I found myself drinking a nice Chardonnay yesterday and, and, uh, it was crisp and just went with the, the weather and, and, uh, the seafood I was eating. Um, but I mean, it's really about what you like. Everybody likes something different, and you really got to find that varietal or that grape that you like, and and kind of use that as your base, and then kind of cook food around that. I think.
0: So when when I have like let's say a steak, mm-hmm. do you want something bold to go? Because usually it's with a red. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it something bold to kind of balance that out, or or is like is there any kind of art form to that i guess you could say
1: i think there is but i think also and what's more important is really just catering to what you like um some people like a bolder more peppery mm. wine there is a more of a chance for that to kind of take over the palate and maybe dull the flavor of the steak um in that case you'd probably want to try something lighter if you're finding that the wine is overpowering the steak you might want to go something uh, uh, again lighter, a Pinot Noir perhaps. Um but I think it really comes down to your taste and and just figuring out what you like and and going from there.
0: But people don't know.
1: Well, people don't know one... one way to <laughs> to know is to practice. <laughs> so get out there and start
0: drinking. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um okay so we'll we'll uh so if if I'm let's say we have uh trout and yes. and there's light seasoning on it, gently rubbed mm-hmm. and ready to roll, maybe a, a seasonal vegetable yeah. with that. What am I having, a Chardonnay or a Sauvignon Blanc? Yeah, probably or? a
1: Sauvignon Blanc. It's it's crisp. It's not too sweet. Um, uh, Oyster Bay makes a beautiful Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, I would drink with trout all day long.
0: Okay, okay okay so we've uh, we've enjoyed the afternoon with uh, travis pie from downtown and so travis again i, I want to hear when can people expect these culinary classes to start and and when can we start diving into this stuff
1: yeah i it's it's not a hard date or a hard answer it is a bit of a moving target as I'm, I'm sure you are aware with the trades and getting equipment in and, and whatnot we're doing it in a couple phases Phase one is going to be um, the launch of our, our second floor of retail, and that's coming up early June. Um, once that's open um, and we're taking advantage or utilizing the space that we moved into, uh, we'll be quickly moving into into the cooking classes, I would say, near the end of the summer, early fall at the latest. You can expect some some tasty treats. I do feel like,
0: you know, because the Okanagan is a tourism hotspot, mm-hmm what is your thoughts on what would the breakdown be? Like if this thing gets rolling hot in June, July, August, it is, are the locals going to be 50% or is it going to be like 70, 30 tourists versus locals? Like, I mean, obviously you accept all any and all money yeah, but, but, but what, what do you think is going to be the breakdown here?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's going to need to be something that we're going to need to figure out. And again, we're going to learn year after year. Um, typically in the summer, it's a lot of tourists um, are downtown and, and within our store. Um, but I mean, this is such a unique uh, experience for both tourists and locals. I bet you it's going to be a good mix, uh, as well as we're expecting a lot of corporate business. So the spaces are non-competing. We'll be able to bring in chefs from around the community to come in and teach their specialties. Uh, and the spaces are, are gorgeous. And they're going to be able to rent out for staff um, gatherings and, again, corporate retreats and events and fundraisers. And um, there's just really no limit to what we can do. And, and uh, bringing the space to life in the downtown area and into Taclona in general, I think, is going to get a lot of people excited.
0: Awesome. Well, congratulations. I know it's been a, <laughs> it's been a long road.
1: Yeah. Yeah any
0: website for further information
1: you want to share Yeah, check us out at lakehousehomestore.com from there you can sign up to our newsletters we keep you up to date on new product and cooking classes coming down the pipe um that would be the best way to to stay connected
0: okay well thanks for the time and appreciate you uh sharing a minute with
1: me yeah thanks for having me rick we'll see you soon